Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is March 24th, 2022. You know what? Your pastors are brimming. Even overflowing. Oh, yeah. With abundant joy this evening. I mean, come on, look at the smiles on our faces. (laughs) Hear the jubilance in our voice and be secured by the hope we possess. For you, the hope we have for you guys. It is our pleasure to preach the word this morning or tonight. Because it is the very word the Lord has been inspiring us with all week long. Amen to that. So tonight, we're going to walk through a scriptural process. Yeah. Now, not a scriptural process that is from a liturgical drop-down menu. Ew. Or even in our church, a 14-point dissertation on equidistant letter spacing. <laughs> or celestial powers. Now, tonight... <laughs> Tonight is that not that kind of night. We are going to be working through a scriptural process together, but this kind of scriptural process is a little more raw, a little more recent, yeah. and in all frankness, a little more real in what's going on in your pastor's lives right now. So this scripture string is one that is aimed at causing you to brim with joyful expectation because of God's ongoing workmanship in you right now. Now, our scripture string will work and succeed in dismantling despair because that's what the word of God does. It will cast off the chains of hopelessness and it will rapidly instill an immovable confidence within you that cannot be conquered. Amen. Are you ready to go on this uh, journey with us, church? Well, turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to pick up in verse 1. Just shout out. Joy whenever you get there. There we go. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Do you hear the beginning of this passage? That we are justified through faith. Come on. Well, this is a combination of trust. Everybody say trust. Trust. And obedience. Trust and obedience. And the very thing that this results in is having right order or shalom with our God. Oh, come on. So we have gained access to his grace through this trust. In this obedience. Somebody tell me what grace is in this house. Oh, you were half right. It's supernatural empowerment over sin. (laughs) Saints, we are talking about a kind of trust in the almighty God that doesn't just give you behavioral changes, but one that grants you access. Gives you the access codes to God's storehouse of supernatural empowerment beyond sin. Saints, this is the position that you stand in already. You have been given Access to that grace. Tonight, just as verse 2 says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God, we choose to boast, to display with confidence, even to show off just a little bit the hope of God's glory in us. Amen? Amen? Look, when we boast with confidence, 
and show off the hope that we have, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it with a big smile this time. Amen. Oh, come on. Yeah! Verse 3. That's a good meme. <laughs> got that, Pastor Parsons? He's got it. It will be downloaded before in the service. Verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know. We know. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. You know, one of the neat things that we found in this passage is when it says we also glory in our sufferings. The word glory is the same Greek word used for boast that we read in verse 2. It's Strong's number 2744, meaning to display confidence or to show off with a big old smile. Because we know we are able to boast. We are able to display confidence in the sufferings that Christ has allowed us to participate in. Amen. We know that that suffering will produce perseverance. I'd like to just reiterate it again. We know, not that it might produce perseverance, that maybe uh, it'll produce perseverance. We know yeah, that we suffering know. produces perseverance. Yes. Then perseverance to character. Character like an inward conviction that defines who you are. Then that character leads to hope. Saints, there's a reason for hope tonight in this body. Amen. Our endeavor is for hope to rise in each one yeah. of you. As your trust-grounded obedience and awareness rises of the grace, the supernatural empowerment that is yours and Christ. Our title tonight is Reason for Hope. Everybody say Reason for Hope. Reason for Hope. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to pick up in the eighth verse. Oh, come on. Are you guys there with us? Shout it out. Reason for Hope whenever you're there. By faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So look, Abraham was operating in the faith that justifies a man before God, and he proved faithful by the fact that he obeyed and he went. Come on. So just got to put some understanding to this. Contextualize it in a modern day way for us, Pastor. In, in Abraham's time, there was no Google Maps presently available. There was no step-by-step directions that were given to him. You know, that would say in one mile, turn right. Turn right. Turn right. Something like that. What he had to deal with is the absence of knowing when he would arrive at his destination. Or, in fact, where to anticipate the very next turn. He didn't even know where he was going. How was he able to journey into the unknown with no heads up of the where and the when? And not even the heads up of even the trials and the sufferings that would lie in front of him. How was he able to do that? He simply trusted the one who called him and demonstrated trust through actionable obedience. Somebody say simple. Simple. Now say trust. Trust. Simple trust led Abraham into this endeavor. Now I want you to imagine this just for a little bit. Yeah. You know, we hear this 
story that becomes a story in actuality was a real man who had to walk in this, a real married man. Now imagine you're uh, the one in the passenger seat of this ride, you know. Mm -hmm. So Abraham, where are we going, honey? Well, I don't know, honey. I have no idea, but if the Lord told me to move, then why are we going then if you don't know what our destination is? Well, honey, because the Lord spoke to me about a place we'll inherit. When will we know where that place is or what that place is? Well, honey, I have no idea. Amen. Yeah, you husbands, that's better than you think it is. But I know that God, who called me, will show us, and in the end, he will reveal every detail that is needed along the way. So in other words, honey, it's a need-to-know basis. And when he lets me know, I'll let you know. <laughs> the whole fact of the matter is that the husband has a chance to look at the wife and say, you know what we get to do today, love? We get to depend on God on a daily basis. <laughs> What a wonderful place to be in. So look, in this imaginary dialogue between a husband and wife, I can hear Abraham uttering these words to Sarah on their journey. My precious princess, don't stop believing. Just hold on to that reason for hope. Come on. Oh, there'll be streetlights. They'll even be camels, but hold on to that reason. You see, the thing is, Abraham heard the call to journey. He did. To a place he would later receive as his inheritance. And he began to put one foot in front of the other. Amen. Because he had reason for hope. Hope in the God that showed him what would come to pass. Showed him that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars and the sand. The very ones who would fill the place of the inheritance that was spoken to Abraham. All of this would be achieved because of the never changing character of God. Amen. It didn't rest on Abraham's ability to steer the ship. It didn't rest on Abraham's Amen. ability to get every detail right. It rested on his ability to hold his reason for hope and trust his God. Amen. Verse 9. Verse 9. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Oh, come on. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Maturing. And growing in his faith and reaching the waypoint of the promised land, Abraham demonstrated increasing trust by making his home there. Experiencing the process of sufferings and trials all along the way. Possessing the reality of perseverance and a depth of character. He could now build on the hope of God's promises with greater certainty than he ever had before. Now, as Pastor read that scripture, something that sticks out to me is that he lived in a tent, a temporary dwelling. He was a foreigner, yeah. a foreigner that would keep his eyes fixed on the permanency of God's heavenly superstructure. He was living in tents and disposable situations as a reminder to the permanency of the heavenly structure, a city that was built by the hands of God and not by the vainglory of men. 
therefore one that would not pass away. Right. So let me ask you something. How many times has the Lord demolished your trust on the temporal and fleeting comforts that this world has to offer? <laughs> Think about a vehicle. <laughs> a new vehicle doesn't stay new forever. A new home, it will eventually need further repair. Mm. There's nothing in this world that can offer us a permanent level of insurance or comfort that we can rest our hope in. How about this one? Today's high-paying job very well may be tomorrow's minimum wage job. Yeah. Thank you, Biden. Now, aside from the Biden jokes, isn't this the kindness of our father seen in the way that he course corrects our hope, aligning us, shaping us with the expectation of what is eternal, what is permanent, and not what is temporal? He's shaping us according to what he promised, and his promise will be fulfilled in our lives. If you've been experiencing this kind of discipline, a course correction, a reset on what you are focused on, then you have reason for hope, saints. Come on, who has reason for a hope based on what Pastor just said? Well, look, Abraham's faith is the father of our faith. You, you have the ability to be faithful, meaning filled with trust and trust-grounded obedience, just as Abraham was. You, you have the ability to look forward to the promises of God just as Abraham did. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4.23 and say reason for hope as you're turning. Verse 23. All right, we'll wait on you. We're sticking together today. We got a total of six scriptures tonight that we are going to read verbatim. So we will wait on you. You ready? It's from the Eric Stevens version, the ESV. Keep your heart... With all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Now, since you may have heard in LCM at different times, maybe even this past Sunday, that it can be a all-out fight to keep your heart free from fear, free from worry, free from doubt. Saints, but the joy and hope found in that fight, it can and will cause you to win. Amen. Saints, you have the ability to be a spring of life in the middle of a desert. Amen. All right, somebody work with me for a minute. Say, I, I am, am a, spring. a spring. So our God is going to help us excise our inclement times, and we're going to look at one another over the course of the coming weeks, and we're going to remind each other, No, 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 no. I'm a spring, and so are you. Amen. See, desert times have a way of causing us to reflect on what has been in our spring. And God Almighty helps us learn to guard it and cleanse it. But nonetheless, you are the spring of life that God has caused you to be. Amen. A spring that flows from a heart that trusts God and has reason for hope in him. An overflowing source of joy that is tapped into the hope of God's character. You know, in another place, Paul said, if he rescued us while we were his enemies, essentially how much more now that you've been reconciled to him? Isn't it good to be around those that are a spring of life? 
They're overflowing with faithful speech and the determined to fulfill the promises of God. Well, this will keep your inner and your outer speech free from twisted thinking and controlling man- manipulation. Amen. In fact, you'll be able to easily detect this deceit and crush it with the force of heavenly faith that God provides. But look how this passage goes on in Proverbs in verse 25. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Look, our good king has been helping us ponder our path. Yeah. He's been showing us where we have wavered. But since, uh, but notice what verse 25 said. Let your eyes look directly forward. Saints, we want you to hear us tonight. There's something that God is working into us that you must grasp and must be worked into you. You have been rightly pondering your path. Can I get an amen from anybody in the room? My household has been pondering our path. But you were never made to have your eyes at your feet. Constantly staring at the dust. You were made to ponder your path, but have your eyes fixed forward to what God was calling you to. So let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Isn't this what Hebrews eleven ten said Abraham was doing himself? Yep. He was looking forward to a promise while pondering, considering each step of his feet. Abraham both reviewed his steps in light of God's instruction, in light of God's discipline, but he also fixed his gaze directly forward. He did. Mm. This provided a confidence, a surety. Come on. To not deviate from the reason for his hope. Looking forward to a city with foundations, one not seen in his lifetime, in his second generation, or even his third generation. Perhaps it was the city described in Revelation chapter 21 as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So let us read to you Revelation 21, 14. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. So did you catch the plural word foundations that was used in Hebrews 11:10 and here in Revelation 21:14? Yes sir. What was this city with foundations Abraham was looking forward to? Possibly it was the city with foundations inscribed with the names of the 12 apostles of Jesus. The very descendants of Abraham that would form the base structure for the walls of the city. All right, we're going to go ahead and say more than likely. (laughs) This foundations, these foundations, were a solid foundation of men who by faith stood the test of suffering. Who by faith persevered in the face of trial. Who by faith developed the full character of Christ and were anchored in the hope of resurrection. Men who had the same reason for hope that you have right here and right now. Come on. Does Revelation 17 not speak about men who are with Messiah? Men that he had called, men that he had chosen. Are you called by God in this house? Yes. Saints, faithfulness is trust in the almighty God. Trust in him in obedience based upon what he is directing you. 
Those that were with him were those who trusted their father. And Messiah in his time on earth raised up 12 men who trusted him. These 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now please, take just a minute and let's remove the church language about these 12 apostles. What were they actually? Like in their human flesh when Christ found them. They were scared boys. They were unschooled, uneducated. Ordinary fishermen. Men that were plainly poor in the eyes of this world. In fact, that carried on even till after Christ had redeemed them. <laughs> Pitied among all men if it were not for the hope of the resurrection. Needy and daily dependent on God's hand to supply their needs. They were men who were not of noble character or account. But when they became foundational pillars, as God worked inside of their life and their time with Christ produced something in them, they rose to be these foundations in the eternal city of God because they had been with Christ. Yeah. Saints, have you been with Christ? Yes. yes. You think he just saved you once or that he's continuing to redeem you? See, you find out that in your Christian walk, every time the sentence of death is coming over you, the sentence of death in your home, in your work, in your calling at large, what is waiting on the other side is another born-again experience. What it is is a resurrection of the hope that you once possessed, but stronger than you ever had it before. That is how you become a pillar in the house of God. Amen. Look, each time you have those experiences, what's happening is that you're getting a further depth to the reason for your hope. A, a strengthening in your resolve to know what God can and will accomplish th uh, through you. So when thinking about these foundations of the city that Abraham was looking forward to, the Come one on. with the inscribed names of the apostles, what does that mean for you, saints? You are also a part of this supermodel structure as the bride of Christ. You are men and women who are increasing and in trust-grounded obedience. Oh, come on, increasing. Men and women who are taking actionable steps to obey and go to the promised land of full maturity in Christ. All right, somebody say, I'm increasing. I'm increasing. There is no one in this house that is not increasing in your obedience. We could spend all day mourning the disobedience we had and didn't realize in the past, or we could rejoice in our increase in obedience. Amen. Come on, I'm looking at families around this room that are increasing in their obedience. The Zacharys are stronger than I've ever seen them up to this point. Now, lest you think it was easy for the Zacharys to get here because they're just so special and didn't have any sufferings or trials that produced that increase of obedience. I imagine that God will testify to that all the way around. Oh, he sure will. Look, I'm looking at some of the singles in this room who are increasing obedience. Oh, I can't help but notice Mr. Nick Rosales. Nope, nope. And who is that next to you? Oh, that's Anna. Hey, Anna, how are you doing? I'm looking at Juan over there. Yeah. Radiant in power, a man who has reason for hope of what God's going to do in his future. This is probably worth visiting 1 Samuel 2. Yes, it is. Verse 8 at this point. He raises the poor from the dust. Somebody say amen. amen. As many times as it takes, Pastor. <laughs> and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. Yeah. Yep. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. Oh, you got to catch this next part. 
For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. And the same God who chooses to raise up the needy is the one who created these foundations. He's both fashioning us and fashioning his world system into his image. And that is the final state. So when we look at this, we see that we're to look straight ahead at God's promises in the distance. While you are reminded from where you started. You were an ash heap. Not ashy, Bim. An ash heap. You were burned. Useless. Of no value. But now you are raised and lifted up above the dust from which you were made. We must both ponder our steps and look at the dust that is in our point of origin while looking directly forward to the life and city that our Heavenly Father has called us to. That's a good word. I don't know if you're hearing us tonight. I'm hearing you. But that is a good word. We both need to be able to recognize that dust that we came from. Be able to ponder our steps. But you need to remember, He made you something more from that dust. Amen. You are no longer that state. You have become a new creation in Christ. Amen. You were, like a long time ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away, in desperate, needy condition for the transformation of God. But now he has lifted you from death into resurrection life. But the wonderful secret about really pursuing the Lord, not just playing church, but desiring to become like him, is that year after year, month after month, and he transforms you and resurrects you all over again. Yeah. LCM, you have every reason for hope. You have every reason for hope based on where you currently stand in Christ. And more importantly, importantly, where you are going and where God says your destination is. Amen. So let's all turn to John chapter 8. And say reason for hope as you turn. Reason for hope. In John 8, we're going to pick up with verse 13. The Pharisees challenged him here you are appearing as your own witness your testimony is not valid Jesus answered even if I testify on my own behalf my testimony is valid is valid for I know where I came from and where I'm going for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going but you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. <laughs> so look, having a reason for hope is having full confidence in where you came from and where you're going. Saints, your life in Christ came from supernatural power. Yeah, it did. You were lifted from the ash heap of your old life. You were given something new, a destination ordained by the living Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. This confidence will be challenged repeatedly by those who do not possess what you have. And yet, you remain unfazed by their taunts and their confrontations. You know who you are. And you know where your God is directing your footsteps. You know what this produces? A surety that you know what you want because you know what God wants. In fact, this verse uh, in John 8, verse 14, it absolutely smacked me across the face this week. 
it got my attention and it wouldn't leave me alone. I couldn't stop thinking about it. What about this passage was challenging me to my core? Because it literally left off the page and it could not leave my heart or mind. Well, it became clear to me. I do not fully know where I came from, nor precisely where I'm going. Heck, most of the time, I have difficulty making just simple decisions, much more intensely pressured decisions. It's not just in situations revolving around medical issues that I fog up and shut down. It's most situations. The medical aspect was nothing more than a catalyst to bring out the real issue, that I lacked the full grasp of my reason for hope. Well, what I began to do is get before the Lord and ask for his help to remove my fear of making the wrong decision Amen. or making a decision that I thought people would like me for. Well, the only thing that matters is him. Come on. All that matters is him. What he has made me to be and what he will continue to make me to be. Amen. That's what matters. I've been called by the same God of Abraham to journey into what my natural mind cannot see, but what my trust-grounded obedience can clearly see. Amen. I know with greater understanding where I came from, and that being a unique position to see the will of God on a daily basis and supernaturally propel others into it just as I am. I possess a divine identity that has been there all along. To propel others into his presence. In fact, in addition to that, I know where I'm going. I'm going to a place where I have raised up generations of five-fold ministers, pillars, churches, giving them strong support and sagely counsel for my own experiences. I know exactly what I want. To become an even greater living sacrifice for the benefit, affirmation, and end goal of my brothers. Oh, come on. Saints, when you really have a revelation from God, when you have spent time becoming aware of your own condition, pondering your steps, and you also experience what it's like to have that hope renewed in you, and it always produces a revelation that is about others around you. Yeah. See, Pastor Matthew is a pastor in this church, and he's also my uncle. And I've known him a long, long time. He's loved the Lord. He's crossed state boundaries. He sacrificed jobs, sacrificed sleep, sacrificed hours of his life for this congregation. Never at any point in time would I say that he is far from the Lord, quite the contrary. But what I'm watching in both my family member, a leader in this church, is him growing closer to the Lord. And what that produces in a man who really draws closer to the Lord is a greater desire to sacrifice for the benefit of those that are around you. See, too much of our time is spent praying about what God wants us to do so that we can rejoice in it. No, Abraham's promise and his reason for hope was about the inheritance that would come for the men who were after him. Yeah. So let's put this together for you for just a minute. We're going to Reference part of Romans 5 and help connect the dots. We have access to his grace, his supernatural empowerment over sin. You've been given the access codes. You've been given an unlimited supply of something that just has no parallel in all of the creation. And you received it through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Through faith, through trust-grounded obedience in the one who saved you originally. 
What that does in us is it develops an ability to rejoice under the pressure of sufferings, whatever those sufferings may be, whether they're work or your work life or anything else that rhymes with that, because he is developing a deeper level of character in us. Saints, this body is not one that I would have said a year ago lacks character. But the reality is our God is never done transforming us and he is determined that character must rise. Amen. The only way to get there is suffering, is working through our own condition and the circumstances that are around us. But our path is one that is fixed and we have reason for hope in. That developing of a deeper level of character in us is causing us to know our own divine identity in greater fashion. The way in which our lives are not about ourselves. Amen. They're about our brothers on our left and right and the generations that are coming after us. Yeah. See, we can teach messages about thousand generations, but the way you form real faith, real character, man, it's under the tension of sufferings. Amen. It is required to produce something that is lasting. This is done through that means of perseverance under the suffering, not swerving to the right or to the left, watching your steps, pondering your path. But all the while, like Abraham, we walk in that tension and possess real faith, trust in the final outcome. What we want is for you to be able to fight for your next step Amen. and to be able to trust your God that the result in the end will be what he has determined. Amen. While we are moving to his divine destiny, heading in that direction, we must possess the same kind of faith that we have in the past, but in rising measure. Amen. Somebody say rising. rising. What we need is a rising faith and trust in the Almighty God. Amen. And God is helping us accomplish that. One descendant of Abraham walked in that same way of being under tension, demonstrating a fight for the next step and a faith of what would be. And he handled it like a boss. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 45. We'll start in verse 4. Also in the ESV. Yep. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. <laughs> To make sure. Just in case you didn't know. And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. Again. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph, at this point, he's risen to a place of prominence. Second, only to Pharaoh in power in Egypt. And his prophetic dreams have come true. Come on. God did it. He said that he would raise Joseph up and his family would bow to him. And now Joseph is standing in a place where it is fulfilled in front of his eyes. Once again, in the fulfillment of God's dreams for him, his vision, what it produced in Joseph was the ability to sacrifice and provide for his whole family as well as Egypt. Yeah. Joseph was a man that was called. He then suffered serious persecution from his own brothers and from captors. 
He then persevered until the character required was fully formed in him. And now he extends his reason for hope to the very men who had no hope and were faithless. He says, God is the one who sent me. Well, why, why are we sitting here tonight with the things that are afflicting you? The things that you find difficult during this season? It's because the Almighty God has sent you into it for the hope and provision of others that are on the other side Amen. of this step. Amen. Saints, this is our goal. This is our goal, church, that we grow into a maturity that sees the bigger picture of God within our daily lives. Yeah. For you to possess the ability to not only forgive people, but to see unjust treatment as God-ordained necessity and your glory, your confidence, the thing that you boast about as you're treated in that way. Yeah. Giving them, those who have mistreated you, the ability to be restored from their despair. Strengthened in their purpose. And united with the brotherhood of God to reach the completion of God's will together. Because we share that same reason for hope. Amen. Come on, when you be, begin to get a grasp of the power that resides in your reason for hope, you begin to look at situations that are in a level of despair. You begin to look into interactions that you've had with others and begin to see the potential of resurrection life. The ability for God to preserve life, to bring about restoration when there seemed to be no possibility of it happening. But the important part is that you, do you see the level of maturity and demonstration of faith in Joseph? Whenever he is standing on that same reason for hope that Abraham had, he's able to look at his own brothers in an unjust situation and know the end goal that God was aiming at the whole time. The end goal was to preserve life, to bring about that life. Well, if you could pull up First Peter. Chapter 3 and verse 14. I want to read something to you. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. What's happening within our body is that we are finding the joyful expectation in the power of the hope that God has given us. Come on. The hope that we can mature as a body. The hope that we can produce righteous offspring as a body. The hope that we can be an example, an ambassador of God, speaking his very words and transforming the lives of others in the same way that he's transformed ours. Is anybody aware of this aloof concept that uh, your home is the qualification for ministry? Yeah. yeah, well, some have theorized that's because it's the first place that you suffer unjustly for doing what is right. <laughs> and if you can manage to do it there then you can do it for the rest of the world. See, our God is preparing us for greater levels of ministry, for yeah. building one another so that we can build the rest of the world into the image of God. Amen. See, there are callings all around this room, but every one of them are about the hope that we possess that we must share with the rest of the world. We wanted to read Romans 5 to you, verses 1 through 5. 
but this time in the amplified, so it's going to take a long, long time. You ready? <laughs> Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through Him, we also have our access or entrance or introduction by faith into His grace, a state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. Amen. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Wait, say that again, Pastor. Let us also be full of joy now. See, the author here is conveying our end goal and end hope. But there's an overtone that Amplified is picking up on in verse 3 that is about right now the joy we get to participate Amen. in. And hear it. It matches the context. Let us exult and triumph. You heard the words boast and confidence earlier. And our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings. Because those are happening right now. <laughs> Knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Amen. And endurance or fortitude develops maturity of character. Amen. Approved faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of. Somebody say the habit of. The habit of. Joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames. Amen. For God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Oh. We're going to be joyful now, saints. Well, worship team, you guys begin to make your way up. What you receive tonight is a reminder that you currently have every reason to be filled with a joyful celebration. Because you are gaining ground in this journey. Church, we see that you are increasing your ability to persevere. We're watching you grow in character and his development in you is reason for hope right now. Saints, we're at a close with our sermon. Do you mind if I tell you personally how this has been working in me? Did you enjoy Sunday's message? Yes. Did it bless you? Yes. What you might be surprised to know is that on Monday, your pastor was in despair about his circumstances. <laughs> That I was actually praying and talking to the Lord and asking him, why is this so difficult? You know, when I was building other men's kingdoms and every bit of our effort was just going to a worldly cause, we produced seven times as much as this. Lord, are you, I guess you're just trying to produce something in me. Maybe. We'll see. I'm not sure what it actually is that you're trying to accomplish in me, but I want to obey you. But sitting there kind of in a, Funk, despair about it. Not sure what the next right action should be. Mind you, that was after preaching Sunday. Not even 24 hours later. And then I sat down and began to read Romans 5. 
And then the words know or knowing that this will produce in you began to grip me. I realized that the difficulties that I was facing, and I'm sure that I'm the only one, the confrontation of sin that then produces kind of a blender that you got to work through until you're able to force right order through consistency. I was not certain that it was actually producing something. I had let go of my reason for hope. I was acting as if it was just a roll of the dice. We'll see what happens here. Like, I believe this is right, but I had lost my trust in the final outcome that was guaranteed by my father. I doubt that tonight I'm the only one who's been doubting the final outcome of the battles that you're in. In fact, that's where despair begins to set in. That's where we begin to waver on newfound convictions that we have laid down and need to continue in. Rather than a traditional altar call, it's not our desire to weep and moan. It's not our desire to just move on like nothing happened. It's our desire to come before our Father, not a distant God, not an aloof overlord, a Father, and that we might collectively as a body ask Him to cause trust and trust-grounded obedience to rise within us. That in that trust, we understand that we have a reason for hope. Tomorrow is not going to be any easier, nor do we want it to be. We are rejoicing in the character that it is producing. But that in the meantime, we might be strengthened in our faith. So that we can face the fact of anything that we need to. But we can do it in the boldness and confidence that knows our God has given us access to his grace. And we will not fail because we are taking hold of it. Stand with us. So as we get prepared to go in to worship, there's going to be the call to be joyful now, to rejoice now. Rejoice in what God is forming and shaping in us as a body. That even in the midst of trials, we're going to raise up our hands and raise up our heads and say, praise God, we get to develop more character. Praise God, we get to have a deeper well of hope a reason for hope that we are going to carry as a banner of hope for others. Mighty God, we thank you for this opportunity to, to praise you, to rejoice, to celebrate the goodness of who you are, that you are giving us victory. You are giving us triumph. You're developing in us the very character of who you are. And as a body, we will continue to grow and reach the end goal of your will.